And of all courses I've never looked but more looked forward to to playing, we get there and I get told that they punch the greens at five o'clock the night before. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Shane Cappins. I'm joined by my boy, Ryan, Coach Rusty. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Excited for our third episode together. Lots to come, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, jam-packed week. We had the Dell match play going on um, down in Austin, and it's a pretty interesting format. We're going to get into match play quite a bit, but Billy Horschel ended up uh, victorious down in uh, Austin. Got Joel Damon winning down in uh, – Corrales, Punta Cana. Um, so we had two winners, uh, jam-packed week on the PGA Tour. Um, just one week closer to the Masters. I can't wait. I'm just there- getting ready for that music, getting ready for Jim Nance to soothe me into the week. I can't wait. Definitely. I'm already, uh, I've already had my girlfriend making uh, pimento cheese batches, had myself a couple pimento <laughs> cheese sandwiches already. So you can feel it. It's in the air. The energy's there. I'm excited. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. I'm I'm ready nice. for Masters in, in April again. Dude, I'm absolutely on cloud nine right now. So I started hiss a lot back in like 2014. One of my main goals outside of like trying to get free golf trips for my buddies was to get Ricky Fowler to follow the page. And the guys at his home course in uh, Murrieta got a picture of him holding a hiss a lot snake back in the day which I was super stoked about and I figured that was like a good consolation prize. Well, tonight he actually uh, commented on a really hilarious post that I had of him. Uh, I Photoshopped his face onto Ricky Bobby's body, praying that he would win this last one tournament before the masters to get in. And dude, he doubles down. He's never liked, he's never commented. He's never followed me. He comments on there. Another quote from Talladega Nights and just cemented my love for Ricky Fowler. I mean, dude, it already has like 5,000 likes on his comment. I mean, the guy, it's just why Ricky Fowler's Ricky Fowler. But he comments and then he follows PGA memes. And I literally yep. almost he, dropped my phone. Here's like, a comment right here. It says, you said, uh, prayers up for Rick. Think B- BDR can make his uh, way into Augusta. And he wrote, well, thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's KFC and the always delicious Taco Bell. Take us to Amen Corner. Amen. <laughs> so good. <laughs> dude, it's like, but dude, that's the thing. It's like kind of what we talked about on one of the previous episodes is that's Rick being Rick. Like, yeah. dude, that's him on his phone coming up with his witty, hilarious comment back. And like, you can see the comments. There's like hundreds of comments under his. We love you, Ricky. Like, oh my gosh. Like, Right. But like he hadn't been doing a lot of that stuff. Like I think he just had somebody logged into his account. So maybe he's listening to the Shane Cappins podcast. And he's like, Hey, you know what? Travis is right. Like I need to actually be myself and like live free and careless and just have fun and go hit some freaking good golf shots. And dude, I don't know about you, but I have a good feeling he's going to go down to Valero, Texas open this week and freaking put a number up and he's going to be at Augusta. So I, I don't know, man, I'm feeling the vibes, feeling the vibes. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I can see why you are. It, it's a long shot. Let's be realistic <laughs> here. And, and trust me, I don't think there's any two two other guys that would want him to be there as much as we would. So, hopefully, yeah. uh, he'll make it there. But if not, no big deal. He'll just he'll he'll you know, like we said in the last episode, take a step back, put his mind where it needs to be, and and he'll be back. No no problem. So yeah. Well, I just found out today. I just booked my flight to Atlanta. I'm gonna actually going to Augusta uh, the weekend of the Masters. I'm playing Sage Valley on Friday and 
going to be staying there over the weekend, but I, I'm trying to get tickets. It looks like I've got a couple of options, but nothing in the bank. Uh, it's, I guess it's pretty tough because all the players have limited tickets because of COVID and, you know, obviously can't just go buy master's tickets. So I might be the guy out on the corner whoring myself out to try to get uh, badges to get in on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll see. Hey, but. hey, Ricky, saw that you uh, followed me and uh, commented <laughs> on my recent post thinking maybe you could squeeze out a couple master's tickets for me. Hey, man, maybe if he gets in, he'll hook a brother up. Who knows? So we'll see. We got a lot to jump into in this episode. Why don't we just head over to the first tee? First and foremost, let's let's congratulate Billy Horschel on his win at Dell Match Play. I mean, this is a long, grueling event. I mean, you're, these guys are playing so much golf throughout the week. This thing t- starts off on Wednesday. It concludes today um, where they played 36 holes. And uh, Billy was able to outlast everybody. And, you know, you and I had some some predictions of who we thought would win. And we also came oh. up with some alternates. And we were way off on all of them. So uh, yeah. none of us have to pay up quite yet. So, but man, Billy Horschel, he played some great golf outside of his one shot that he hit earlier on today. I mean, he had a little double cross there where he's trying to punch a six iron up 160 into the crazy wind. And I couldn't, I, I can't imagine a more relatable golf shot for players like me who struggle, you know, out on the golf course. And I mean, when he hit that shot, I could not believe what I saw. And to see yeah. his reaction though. I mean, he was, he just, he couldn't help but just laugh. And he looked at his caddy and just said, man, right. I never committed to that shot. And the ball just, it went like a hundred yards screaming to the left towards the fans. So I, I can't believe like after that shot, he went on to win the championship, but man, the guy played lights out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. That's good for golf. You know, it's so humanizing and, and, you know, like we've talked about before, they don't show all of the bad shots and um, I think that the camera is, is now getting a little bit more attracted to that because that's what people want to see and that, that's shown. So uh, to see, you know, just such a horrific shot from one of the greatest players in the world and then to still be able to go on and win that tournament just speaks volumes. It's, it, it's wild. I mean, that's the thing about match play, though. I mean, it's, like, it's great about match play is that he can hit one bad shot, which literally took him out of the hole. I mean, he knew at that moment – he had no shot because, you know, his opponent right. was 80 yards out looking pretty in the fairway on a par five and he was out. So, I mean, he knew like, listen, I'm going to lose this hole, but guess what? I'm not going to be down three or four strokes now. I'm just down the hole. I'm going to go back at it the next hole and pick it back up, you know? And so I don't know, man, maybe these match play events, which maybe those major championships need to look into it. I don't know. We'll get into that later <laughs> on. <laughs> we'll get into that. But, hey, dude, my boy Joel Damon went out and went won in an opposite tournament this week, too, which is his first win in over 130 starts. Um, great guy. It's one of the guys that I've actually been able to spend some time with uh, at Mark Leishman's charity event. Uh, one of the good guys out there, man. He's just down to earth, just genuine, great dude. So to see him come out on top was super awesome. I was really happy for him. Yeah, he. I haven't had the opportunity to meet him yet, but I've seen him do a lot of stuff on social, and it's good to see him getting involved with, with uh, that part of the world. And he, he does seem like one of those guys that just has a really good, you know, personality, very contagious personality, and seems like he's great for golf. So definitely pumped to see him win. Um, the bucket hat guy, man. He's all. He's yeah. always got that that bucket hat on. It looked like he didn't have it on for his finishing putt, but then he was able to put the bucket hat on for uh, photos for the with photo the trophy. Op. And then, and then, and then the, uh, 
old Corrales uh, sea breeze blew it off his head and his caddy went running for it as it was going off a cliff it looked like so so epic but uh Listen, yeah, I'm, I'm, if you followed pj memes you know i'm not a big fan of the bucket hat but joel definitely pulls it off he definitely pulls it off yeah he does he does he's, he's one of those guys he, he literally reminds me so much of uh kyle uh from cartburn guys they, they have a similar look and they both rock the bucket hat there's the only two guys i know that can can wear a bucket hat so yeah yeah and yeah pull congrats it off. to uh to joel there was a lot going on at the Dell though, man. I mean, a lot of, I, I would say for me, like memeable moments, even some reenactment moments for you, I guess you could say on, uh, on your page yeah, outside of the maybe. Billy Horschel. I mean, Bryson, you see Bryson, and this has been a topic of conversation now that he's just become this like enormously long hitter, you know, clearing the water at the API. You have him uh, talking about really aggressive lines at the players, which um, the PGA tour then kind of, reconstructed their out of bounds and so forth and then you see him trying to take super aggressive lines down in austin and it didn't really pay off for him he just smacked the tree dead center and it's got to be one of the most funny videos i've seen from a fan <laughs> i mean well obviously we haven't had fans in quite some time but this is probably one of the funniest videos i've seen from a fan ever i mean the ball hits the like the square trunk of the tree and you can hear it loud and clear and bryson's just holds his finish in like utter disgust and the ball traces back across the tee box onto the putting green. And then some dude at the end is like, here it is. Or here it is, bro. (laughs) So funny that the guy filming happened to just just be at the right place at the right time. Like, like, like had his phone out 50 yards away from Bryson. Like personally, if I'm at a tour tournament and I'm filming, I'm only filming if I'm up close. This guy's like 50 yards away from Bryson, but it just happened to, it, it, it was just, it was just perfect. The ball ends oh. up right by his feet. It was an amazing video. I'm honestly shocked that the fucking tree didn't fall over. I mean, personally. I, I know. He Bryson. crushed that ball. You should be I actually through that shit. I had already posted that one and I got another one from somebody who was like, pretty much at that tree because you could see the ball kind of coming towards them and it hits the tree right and the guy commented he's like oh man this is where i almost lost my life to bryson's driver (laughs) and uh and i mean it was an awesome shot but i mean it's good to see fans out there we're getting more content like that because as you know we've talked about we can't post pga tour content but we can post stuff that the fans are sharing with us so it's always good to get uh... that that's a that's a crazy point that you kind of made it kind of made my made me think a little bit like almost lost my life to Bryson you know he is out there kind of experimenting and he is taking these really aggressive lines and I think that he's had the opportunity to do that without uh, the fan interaction because of COVID and so now as fans kind of come back I feel as if he's either going to have to just for safety purposes not be so aggressive because think about that I mean he's he's taking these really aggressive swings and we're all golfers here right and Mm -hmm. when you take an aggressive swing no matter if you're the best in the world or not there's a really good chance that it's going to come offline you could hit it low on the face and if you're going over a crowd i mean you're talking about killing people that's crazy i didn't i've never i've never i never really thought about it because we haven't had to because there's really been no fans but dude like now there's a really serious concern you take one off the face from from Bryson in any close distance whatsoever, you're donezo, dude. I mean, that's just lights out. I mean, Brooks hit somebody in the face at the Ryder Cup over in Paris, and she lost her eyeball. And she was yeah. like – And she was way down the fairway. Yeah, she was like 200-plus yards away from the tee box. So, yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about someone who's 
less than that with Bryson hitting a driver, I mean, dude, you're it's over. I mean, that head will probably explode or something. So that uh, Amazon, you know, coverage that they're going to be getting would probably be detrimental to them to cover something like that. But you're going to get the the, 4,560 different angles of Bryson just (laughs) blowing someone's head off. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, dude, it honestly though, here's his thing though. Like he can't, what you would think he'd do is tell tour officials, Hey, I'm going to take this aggressive line on 10. um, So I need you to clear a path or something like that for us. You think he'd do that, but he won't now because he started hinting to what happened at Sawgrass and the tour right. caught wind of it and they changed the rules. So for him, I mean, why would he want to tip off the tour on an aggressive line he's planning on taking when they would just maybe change the layout of the course, right? So I don't right. know. It's, that's actually really interesting to see, but he definitely – that video was awesome though. I mean, just at the end, the dude, like, so hey, here good. it is. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable, so dude. good, dude. Amazing. We had Bubba take a shot at Patrick Reed too on the tee box, which obviously uh, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Bubba guy, but he always has these moments, right? That like just make him likable. Yeah. Um, and but that was awesome. I, what, do you have the quote exactly what he said? I can look it up, um, but it was more along the lines of like uh, Patrick Reed was saying, "Hey, I mean, we're all friends here, right?" And Bubba fires back and says, "Oh, wait, we're friends." <laughs> basically so uh, i don't know the exact quote but that was the gist of it i mean that that's the joke in itself and yeah. just basically bubba telling patrick that hey we're, we're not buds and not your body, I, 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 I i wasn't there to tell you what context it was set in and if it was serious or not but i i kind of have a feeling it probably was because it's i bubba think it was so I, th- I have right here i think patrick insinuated something like hey we're still gonna be friends after this right like like he was right. gonna beat bubba And then Bubba said that. So, I mean, dude, that's hilarious. Um, That's just Patrick being a shit talker and then Bubba just slapping it right back in his face. And I have heard that Bubba is very quick witted. And if you want to try to talk smack with him, he's going to, he's going to dish it right back. So, and then you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You are (laughs) welcome. But yeah. And then last but not least, this one rocked the internet for a good 24 hours. And I think there was a lot of confusion around it. So I think we're going to spend some time just kind of talking through this just a little bit. Um, but Kevin Na and DJ, um, listen, you had Na took DJ to the distance and beat him. He beat the world number one player, which was awesome. I love to see it. I love Kevin Na. I'm a big fan. Um, but they had a little, uh, blip on one of the holes where DJ got very close I and mean, he was in a matter of inches and he just swiped at the ball and Kevin could have easily been like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, I won that hole. But he went up to DJ and told him what happened. He halved the hole with him. He gave him the putt. But he explained to him what DJ did, and they walked off the green. And it was just kind of funny to see what DJ's reaction was on there. Like, DJ looked at him like, why are you talking? Like, the look that he had was right. like, why are you talking to me, peasant? Get away. Like, right. It was- I mean, it's like a David versus Goliath match. It really yeah. is. Yeah, but but it's like weird though the way he engaged. Like, I've heard DJ's a very likable guy. Like out there, he's just quiet, keeps himself, good old boy type of guy. Yeah. But Kevin's super likable. I mean, I don't know really anybody on the tour that doesn't like Kevin Na. Um, you know, he had his issues with the yips and stuff like six, seven years ago, and people probably hated playing with him. But those those problems are long gone. So I don't really understand like DJ's take and reaction on that, but it totally mind fucked Dustin though. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he just called him out on it, 
but he still gave him the putt. I mean, I think if like you and I were playing or something and you, you did that, I'd be like, Oh dude, nothing thanks. Would have been said. Yeah. Well, yeah, nothing would have been said of course, but even if you did like, Hey bro, you should probably make that putt or let me give it to you, but I'm going to give you this one anyways. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Thanks dude. I appreciate it. And move yeah. on. Right. You, but you it, run into that situation all the time with these matches. Like you, you'll be playing with your boy for a little money game and then he swipes it and you'd be like, it was from two inches. And you're like, yo, I didn't give that to you. Like I won the hole. But then you're like, nah, dog, like it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's all but, good. but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that Kevin doing that was him saying, Hey man, like you're world number one, you're a big dude. You're a long hitter. I'm not but I'm still right here in your fucking face, you know? And, yeah, and, yeah. and it kind of, it kind of, like you said, it, it just rattled him a little bit. Like I think DJ wouldn't have expected uh, the con- confrontation from, from Kevin and the fact that Kevin wouldn't did it. I respect him for it, dude. Like you, you, you're out here playing for, for so much fucking money. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to win an amazing tournament and you're and you're Kevin not playing against the number one player in the world. Like get get up in there, get up in his grill, let him know how it is, lay down the wall, and go out there and kick his ass, and that's exactly what he did. So hats off to Kevin, like dude, so sick, so sick. Yeah, and, and you know I think that's how it played out, but I almost think Kevin just did it like that's who he is. He's like, hey yeah. dude, like I'm giving you this putt, but you didn't make it, and what what was that about? And listen, I'm glad that happened now because listen, DJ's gonna be at the Ryder Cup. I mean, we are we yeah. already talked that he's not gonna go play for America. Um, at the Olympics, but he's going to be at the Ryder cup. I hope Kevin joins him. Uh, we had Kevin on the podcast last year and we talked about the Ryder cup and how he's missed the team. I hope he makes it, but listen, wake up. Don't do that at the Ryder cup. I mean, R- Rory yeah. McIlroy or Ian Poulter or Lee, what they're not going to give him that putt. If mm-hmm. he swipes at it and doesn't make it and he, they didn't give it to him. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, you know what I mean? Be so, and it'll yeah, be accepted. So, yeah. So hopefully that was a little wake up call. He doesn't do that again, but so I posted a meme just said like, Hey, Kevin, is this putt good? And I put Kevin said, nah, as a joke. And we did that after you and I were texting about it. Kevin wrote this like long paragraph, like, Hey bro, tell the full story. I didn't this and this, this and that. And I didn't see it till the next day. And I kind of, I was like, Oh shit, is Kevin mad at me now? I'm like, Oh dude. I'm <laughs> like, I didn't mean to be like, I didn't, I didn't mean it to be like that. Cause I, I had watched it after you told me about it. I know exactly what happened. But a lot of people didn't watch the match and just saw like the meme or just saw like some of the stuff that PJ Tour was posting. And they started looking at like Kevin Na was the enemy and Kevin Na, Kevin Na was being a dick to DJ and you know all this stuff, which is, just isn't the case. Like it, you know, so I like posted a story the next day kind of explaining what really happened. And I think Ke- Kevin texted me this morning and we're joking about something else. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Like <laughs> I didn't know if he was pissed off about it or anything like that. Yeah. But, Moved on, you know, he beat DJ, which was incredible. Take down world number one. They both were already out at that point, but it was pretty cool to be able to say, hey, took down number one. Good momentum going into Augusta and hope both those guys play well. So, Yeah, absolutely. I, I had picked DJ as a favorite for this, so obviously uh, that did not go well. And, uh, yeah, we, we both had that little $100 bet uh, last week for our underdogs, and neither of those made it to the final 16 as well. So. Uh, we're not analysts yeah don't take any of our uh <laughs> predictions to heart and put some money on it please do not do that so Never but we should that. carry we got to carry that hundred dollars over somewhere uh maybe we'll do that into Augusta. i think there's a i think there's a major coming up uh, I believe, yeah i think so. so kind of an important <laughs> one so well, let's yeah. jump over to the buy or sell segment real quick sell. 
I will, I'll ask you the first question um, and get your take here. But Billy Horschel came out with a comment today, actually, after he won, saying that he wants to be remembered as a player who gets the Grand Slam, who's a Grand Slam champion. Pretty yeah. lofty goals for a guy who's already pretty far into his career. I mean, obviously, he's won the FedEx Cup. But what's your take on that? Buy or sell? Billy Horschel will eventually hold the Grand Slam of golf. Sell. Sell! I mean, I understand setting goals that are extremely high. I think that's important, and I think that will elevate him in his career. But, you know, I, I just think that it's – it's an unattainable goal for him. I just don't think with, you know, five wins at his age, uh, no major championships, if I'm correct, um, that that's going to happen. It's, it's, I, I don't really think I need to elaborate on it much more than that. I mean, to, to get a career Grand Slam is, is, an, is an incredible feat, and I just don't necessarily see it for Billy Horschel, but, um, you know, still wishing the best. Great guy. Good for golf. Yeah, of course, wishing the best, but I'm selling that ASAP. I mean, like, dude, you haven't even won one major. You're already pretty far into your career. Um, I just don't see it happening. I don't like, I would have a hard time on buy or sell if he even wins a major, to be honest with you. Like, I, I would, really agree. Yeah, in his, in his favor, I mean, just for his sake with his resume and what he's been able to do, I would say buy just because I know he's probably got a long time in his career left, but. And when he catches fire, like the year he won the FedEx, he was on fire. I mean, dude, like it was like he was winning every single week uh, at the end of the season and no one could touch him. But I would have a hard time buying that. So, I mean, sell ASAP. I don't know where that quote came from. It's almost as stupid as the quote that Patrick Reed had where he claimed he was a top five player in the world after he won at Doral um, earlier in his career. Just kind of oh, like, why even quote. say that? Yeah, that stupid quote. Just one of those. <laughs> but it's like, why even say that, dude? I'm like, like I get it. Like everyone has goals to win every major and to win a Grand Slam, but when you haven't even won one major, you just think it's kind of weird. So yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck, I mean, Billy. But, uh, but, Hope but, you get but, it. But you know, to cover his tracks a little bit, he did say like, "Hey, look, given where I'm at in my career and, and my accomplishments thus far, I understand that that's very far fetched." But those are where my goals are. So, oh, see, yeah. I didn't hear that part. I just excluded that. So you he know. called himself a crazy person, and he fucking sounded like one too. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, <laughs> all right. So we missed this in the beginning part, but we actually have our very first guest that will be joining us on the nineteenth tee uh, after um, our out of bounds segment. So I'm really excited about this, and um, you know, his favorite topic is the pork missile. So. AKA Mr. Pork Missile himself, Del Vallelli, which I, I'm going to have to ask him if that's how he pronounces his last name because he has a really fucking hard last name to pronounce. But I think I just nailed it. Vallelli. Vallelli. Del Vallelli. But yeah, he's Vallelli Abraham Answers. We'll figure it out. Abraham Answers Caddy. Um, he's always smoking darts out on the course. He's always reviewing pork missiles. He's literally a legend on the, on the, on the bag. Love this guy. So I'm stoked that we're going to have him. But I'm going to ask Coach right now. Buy or sell is the pork missile the ultimate snack at the turn? I'll buy, but it better be a damn good dog. I, I, the only reason I want to buy is because my favorite turn item I've ever had was actually at your tournament at the Cowboys Club, and where they had that like it was like a hot dog or a sausage. It wasn't. Yeah. It was like it was it was like kind of in between. But holy shit, was that good? And I literally people go there just for that. 
and um, it was amazing. You can get it chopped up, little pieces, or you can That's get it That's what I was just going to say, dude. You get oh, the chopped up jalapeno. Yeah. Oof. Like, dude, so good. But I, I'll say, other than that, I, I'm going to buy. But other than that, my favorite turn item is tuna in a cup with sriracha on top. The problem, the problem with that is, is that that's not available in most golf courses. You know, you gotta, you gotta go to a little yeah, higher own spot. But is that yeah. like Ritz or something? Because I've never even fucking seen that available at any course. But really, ever. you've never ever. seen that? No, ever. Oh my ever. gosh, guys. Okay, so uh, the Ritz. Uh, we've we've had some conversations about the turn menu, and I I've been very active <laughs> with our membership and our director of membership. And he's our, on the turn menu committee, dude. I've literally been in the fucking clubhouse complaining so bad that all we have is a goddamn chicken salad wrap and a turkey wrap or a hot dog. It's the fucking Ritz Carlton. Let's step our shit up. Like three menu items at the turn, bullshit. So I went and talked to the director of membership. We've got. I'm proud to say. I'm proud to say that we have six new menu items that will be coming to the turn. And not only did they add those six new menu items, they're also building a turn bar on the sixth tee. So they're really stepping their shit up. Wow. But they're going to be doing tuna salad and chicken salad in a cup. And that is literally my favorite fucking, oh my God, I'm like salivating thinking about it. I I worked at this (laughs) golf course. This is the most excited I've seen you in a long time. (laughs) Dude, it's food. Come on, look at me. So (laughs) let let me bring you back. Let me bring you back. uh, Pre-Coach Rusty, I worked at a place called Creighton Farms while I was also teaching golf. And I worked at Creighton Farms. It's a Jack Nicklaus golf course in Leesburg, Virginia. Amazing place. Always wanted to be a member there as a kid. Could never afford it. It was just way too expensive. But uh, I worked there at the turn bar while I was teaching golf under a top 100 instructor at another course, I just wanted to play this course. So I got a job and they didn't have any cart guy position. So I was working at the turn bar, working, making drinks, flipping burgers and putting tuna fucking salad in a cup and bet your ass. <laughs> I was dipping into that tuna salad every single day, just layering it with Sriracha going hard. Oh my gosh. It was the most amazing thing. And it changed my life. And since then, I've, I've, you know, I've been, my life. it did, it did. And I, I've been afforded a lot of opportunities to travel now and visit other places. And so whenever I see tuna salad in a cup at an, at a golf course, I, I am just ecstatic. Now you can also do chicken salad. Chicken salad's not bad. The best chicken salad at a turn Pinehurst resort. They do chicken salad in a cup and holy shit. Is that good? I am telling you right now, I'm going to Pinehurst on Thursday. I'm going to be up there for a week with, uh, my girlfriend and my son and dude i'm just already looking for, forward to that chicken salad, i mean so, so he buys this and i think i'm gonna have to go ahead and say that he should retract that and sell it because no, i'm but pretty see, the sure thing he's is, just you, tuna salad you gotta in a buy cup it is, because you gotta buy it because it's more abundant and it, it's 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 like a staple you know a turn dog it's yeah and you can you, yeah you know, i get it i mean i will say uh, you're spot on with the cowboys one but that's more of a, a sausage they chop up and put in a cup with the hot oh that's 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 legit. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to buy too cuz listen, there's nothing better than just a quick hot dog, but you want it obviously to be a good dog, but it's just going to help just fill you up. You get the bread, the dog, you know, your, your condiments, whatever you need on that thing and you're ready to go, right? You're ready to go low on the back nine. I will say one of my favorite things on the course though, since you added the the tuna salad in the cup, is a crustable. So, at oh. Vaquero here or at um at Trinity Forest they have these like coolers every like few holes and you can actually get a crustable. looks like coach is going to go break out some crustables himself. Do you have crustables at your house? Oh my God. Those, <laughs> yeah, dude, those, 
they have those, dude, like every three or four holes at Trinity no Forest way. and Picaro. And like, dude. I don't have them at my house, but like when I get them on the course, I'm like, there's nothing better than a crustable. Okay, quick question. Costco, they sell these in like huge packs. Mm -hmm. um, do you eat them just like refrigerated or do you freeze them? Well, if I have them here, 100% I'm freezing them. Do you eat them frozen or do you let them thaw out? I let them thaw a little bit to where they're still cold, um, but not like completely frozen. Completely frozen. You got to do it. It's the way. <laughs> That's the way. All right. I'll have to try that. This those is are the, the best. Way. Dude, that is like the best snack on the golf course though. Dude, like, it's those the best snack for your podcast now too. So, But I'm, we'll both buy on the pork missile thing. I'm stoked to have Dell on. I want to hear where his favorite pork missile is um, out there in the country. I mean, the guy's traveled everywhere just being caddy on the tour so stoked to get some insight there let's go over to our next question um, our favorite boy here patrick reed both him and jt right now currently are without clothing sponsors obviously patrick reed had a, some type of end with nike and you see him on tour now he's obviously rocking titleist clubs he's got the titleist hat foot joy or whatever but his clothing he's been all over the map you know he's been mainly rocking g4 but they came out and confirmed apparently as that began that they're not sponsoring Patrick Reed. That's just something he chooses to wear himself. Um, Kessler is wearing G4 hats. So they must just like the brand. JT lost his clothing sponsor when he called his golf ball a derogatory comment. And he is now, I think, rocking the same clothing just without branding on it, uh, without logos. But um, right. buy or sell, Patrick Reed gets a clothing sponsor before JT. Buy. Oh, I hate to say it too. Really? But I buy. Yeah, because okay, it's Patrick Reed. He he has not said any derogatory comments. He's totally safe when it That's comes not to true. clothing. Well, he I said, mean, like he said the wrong f word when he was overseas. I think in Asia what? a couple of years ago. Yeah, on the same camp. one that JT said. He did. Yeah. Why? See, that's the problem with the media. Why? why well, it we... wasn't as it wasn't as prevalent back then because now it's. You know, we're, I mean, listen, it's it's obviously uh, it's bad regardless. We both agree with that. But yeah, today it's a lot different than it was five years ago. And for better or worse, like he didn't get canceled, you know, and JT didn't really get canceled either. But I mean, he lost his deal on the spot, you know, and I mean, JT got beat up over that. So, I mean, well, geez, well, that was just poor education on my part. But uh, I'm still going to buy. I just think that what happened with JT is too fresh. And I think that if Patrick Reed's out there floating around, people know that he's a major champion and he will probably be one again. And they're going to want to take advantage of that. I, that's, I just got to buy. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to buy too, just because I think well, both obviously are major champs. Both have a lot of money. Both don't need a sponsor deal. Um, I think that they both would like one because it's just extra money for them and their family. I think Patrick has less chances of getting one. So when the next one pops up, I think he takes. It's a good point. Like I think JT, he's kind of got this going on where he's got Titleists, um, Foot Joy, and all that. So it's not like he can just go sign with like Puma Golf. He can't go sign with Nike because then he's gonna have he's got these agreements with his glove, his hat, his shoes. So it makes it a little messy, right? And I, I'm sure, obviously, that any of those brands can work through something like that to get a guy like JT. With Patrick Reed, 
I mean, I know he's playing titles clubs now and stuff like that, but I'm sure he's not on like any type of JT deal, you know? So it's, I just think like anyone comes around, you know, I don't know. Maybe he takes it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just like, Hey, look, I don't care about that anymore. My point in my, in my career, I'm going to go win tournaments. I'm gonna go make a bunch of money. I don't know, but I, I see something coming around for him because you're right. Like, Patrick Reed's going to win again. He's probably going to win many times, probably going to win another major. And there's a lot of people who like Patrick Reed. So I think that ultimately yeah. it'd be a good deal for a clothing brand to come in and swoop him up. So 100%. whoever it is though, I can guarantee right now, I probably won't buy any more of your stuff. So please, 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 don't be Puma. please Puma golf. Do not do that. <laughs> that would please. Not be great. please do not do that. Oh my right. gosh. Could you imagine? So Scotty Scheffler, um, came came up short today at the Dell match play and he's fell short on several events this year but his name has been right there at the top of the leaderboard several times he's I think he's 24 years old so he's a young guy here out of Dallas playing really good golf and you hear people like Jordan Spieth and a lot of people who are from the Dallas area talk very highly of Scotty um he's just a great player and honestly thought he had it in the bag today i mean i didn't you i mean i just thought like he was he bulldozed through was it ian Poulter? he put yeah he, he took down ian Poulter right and Poulter was playing phenomenal and so it's just like yeah Poulter just won that win. event yeah, yeah right, i mean yes. yeah so i mean it, it was really impressive it was it was a hell of a run and I, i'm gonna have to what what what's the buy or sell question we got oh sorry let me get to the question Will he win in 2021? Okay, so no, I, I don't think he will. I'm going to sell. Um, I, I think that this match play format definitely suited him, and it, and it's his, it's his home turf too. So if if he was going to have a shot this year at a, at a title, uh, I think this was it. Personally, I mean, he's a fantastic player. He's 24 years old, very young. He's got a lot of golf ahead of him, and he's definitely going to win on tour. I mean, he's he could even easily be a major championship, a major major championship winner. But um, yeah, this you almost year, said midget championship winner, which would, would be amazing. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's also very very tall. Yes. So, he yeah, he's a big boy. But uh, yeah, I, I I just don't see him uh, taking a W this year. But I definitely do. You know, if you were to say within the next five, absolutely, I'm buying. Yeah, I mean, so he took down Jason Day. Um, who's won twice there. Yeah, who's won twice there. Um, what else? Let's see. Pull him up. He took down John Rahm. Um, he took down Ian Poulter. He tied with Andy Sullivan. And, yeah, I mean, dude, the guy just played lights out, like, throughout the week. He was just – when he needed it most, he pulled through – um, just came out short at the end, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think that he, um, you know, he's a guy that I think that he can get that elusive win here this year. If he just keeps playing well, maybe it's in one of those crossover tournaments where the field is a little bit weaker or something like that. But I mean, here you are, you're playing with this group of players that are all trying to fight for their spot to get into Augusta world rankings, playing at a w, WGC event. And he was right there at the end, you know, and very tough conditions too. I mean, the wind was incredibly strong in Austin. Uh, I mean, you can see it up here in Dallas today too, but I'm going to buy, I'm going to say he's going to get that win. Another Dallas guy in the winner's circle. Oh. I'd love to see it. So I'm buying everything today. I don't, I don't know. I mean, this last one though, 
this last one I'm going to say, I don't know that I'm going to buy this, but and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my take first and I'll tell you okay. a little story why, but buy or sell first T jitters are worse than playing through jitters. Okay. And I'm going to absolutely sell this. Uh, I actually, so I, I did sell the Billy Horschel comment too. So I didn't buy quite everything, but I'm going to sell this one right away because playing through sucks. Um, I had a, <laughs> I had a round. I mean, first tee jitters definitely can get to you. Cause you're like maybe anticipating the round the night before something like that. But playing through, I had a round at old Mac at Bandon dunes and I, I go with my regular crew guys and you know, they're getting a little older. We were playing 36 that day and it was a tough rainy uh, front nine on trails in the morning. Although the, the weather cleared up, they were all wet and just like tired. And they're just like, dude, we don't want to play old Mac. Cause if you've been to Bandon, old Mac is wide open and there's Which a we lot have of together. Wet. Yeah. We've been there together and we've played old Mac under fierce conditions. And here's the deal. And you could tell me what your thoughts are on this too. But a lot of times when you play old Mac, you kind of just have like a shitty attitude because it's like it's the least of the of the courses there which is still like immaculate you know old mac is still a great course and it's always windy as fuck i mean it's like 30 plus mile per hour winds and listen i, I don't care how much you love golf especially since a lot of times people play this they're like at the end of their trip or in the afternoon after they've already played 18 playing in that condition is tough you know so long right. story short and I'll get to my, my point is I went out and played that round anyways, because I was like, dude, it's not very often I get to come to Bandon and it takes a while to get there. So my caddy's like, dude, I'll go out there with you if you want. So we went and played probably the fastest 12 or 13 holes I've ever played in my life. And I'm one over par. I'm playing amazing. Um, we're actually playing in a tournament that weekend amongst ourselves. And this didn't count, unfortunately, but I'm playing one over and I'm making all these great shots, all these recovery shots um, no birdies or anything, just making a lot of pars. And then I play through this group, I run into this group and I play through and I hit the worst shot of the day. I make a double and I just kind of lost my confidence and I just was pissed off because I knew I wasn't like playing like I could, like I was rushing myself. I was trying to impress these strangers that I don't even fucking know. And I'm never going to see again. And then I go to the next hole and I carry that anger over to the next tee box and hit another bad shot. And I think I made another double, at least a bogey, but I think I made another double. And so now at this point, I'm five over, um, four over in the last two holes where I was only one over the last 13 or so. And so I was just mentally just pissed off, you know, and like that's happened to me a lot. And I've, I've seen a few different people share like posts like on Hack Patrol about that too recently. And I don't, to me, so playing through jitters, far outweigh the first tee jitters for me. I hate it. So I'm going to go ahead and, and sell. Yeah, I'll, uh, hmm. I guess I'll sell as well. I think, I think playing through jitters are, are much worse. I, I think, you know, I, I'm not out there playing tournament golf anymore. I'm playing with my boys or maybe it's, you know, a new member or if it's club championship or something like that. Yeah. There's a couple nerves on the first tee. Um, but, but when you're going and you're playing through, you know, especially when you got your name on your fucking bag like I do and you look all cool and official and legit and you're going out there and you're playing through some <laughs> random people and you, you, you want to look good. So you do put that unnecessary uh, pressure on yourself. And, 
yeah, I, I'm just thinking back to all the times I've had first tee jitters and versus all the times I've had play through jitters or f- even fucking cart girl jitters. Those are real too. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> they are, they are, they are. So yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and sell as well. Those, uh, playing through jitters, they're, uh, they're no fun. They really aren't. You, you rush yourself, you, you get out of your, you get out of your rhythm and you, you almost always hit a bad shot. But when you do hit that one good playing through shot, holy shit, does that feel good? Why does it feel good? Because you had playing through jitters and you hit a great shot and you impress yourself and you, you, you played beyond your ability. You, you, you did better than you thought you were going to do because you were fucking in your own head and that's it. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. So to that point, I will say I, we used to play a lot of golf by myself uh, when I lived closer to a course and I would just go out and play nine holes real quick or I'd go play 18. And there was a time when I played Bridalwood um, golf club, which is close to where I live. And there's a par three that kind of, it's not an Island, but you do hit it over water. And there was a, a dad and his son there on the green and I was a single. So they let me play up and they like, didn't walk off the green really, but they were kind of on the fringe to the right of the flag. And it was about 165. And I hit probably the best, like it was a seven iron. I hit best seven iron I've ever hit. It was downwind. I'm normally not hitting my seven iron 165, but it was downwind and I pured it and it hit right in front of the flag. And I'm just sitting there holding my pose, like my swing, just watching this thing and it bounces and it just barely misses the cup trickles away about a foot. And I walk up and just tap it in. And, and like the guy was Keeping like, wow, he's like, what a <laughs> shot. He goes, son, see, this is what you need to do. You know, I'm like, what? I was like probably like 15 over up to that point, but it, it made me feel so Dude. good. It was amazing. And I was like, first of all, that's like the worst nightmare, right? That might not have to be another buy or sell later on, but, worst nightmares to go out and make your first ace ever or any ace when you're playing by yourself. So at least I would have had like this guy out there to witness it. I probably would have like recorded some video and had him like, like verify it or something. But at the end of the day, like that was the closest I think I've ever come to like making an ace. And he was the one who witnessed it. Yep. And, and I think that that brings a totally new dynamic to the playing through jitters because a tee shot on a par four jitters versus a tee shot on a par three jitters. They're seeing where your shots ending up, right? They're going to, you know, especially, especially if you're, if you're playing through and they've already teed off, which happens a lot on par threes and you go and you see like, Oh, one guy missed left, but one guy's like, you know, 10 feet from the pin and you're like, shit, like I got to get tighter than this guy just for no reason. You just have to, because you're playing through him for some reason you have to hit a better tee shot. And they're, they're watching that ball from start to finish every time. If anyone's playing through me, I'm watching what they're doing for sure. So, yeah, it does add the pressure. But then to your, to your point about making an ace with nobody around, I, I have an albatross with nobody around. And, oh, man. And, but, but it's not as bad because, like, okay, yes, statistically, albatrosses are more rare than a hole-in-one. But fucking take it from a guy that has an albatross i would much rather have a hole in one just to be able to say that mm-hmm. um but yeah i i was a, a cart guy um at uh rock springs ridge golf club that course is closed down now it's it's here in central florida and at the end of the day i would always go out and like pick pins or whatever and i would just play holes the course was a dog track it was always dead especially in the middle of the summer so i would just go out and play and there's this par five you know i had a i had a hit my first shot in the fairway at like 235 left 
and then the green was kind of like this elevated plateau. It was very flat, but then the green was up really high, and you could only see half the pin. I hit my shot, and it's going right at the flag, and hits the flag, and the flag falls over, right? So I'm thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? Like, did the people in front of me not put the flag in correctly? Like, yeah. the, like it, 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 I guess it wasn't like, or maybe the hole's fucked up. So either way, I go up, I'm looking for my ball. I'm looking around, whatever, fucking can't find it after like five minutes. Really pissed off because I hit a great mm-hmm. shot. And so then I go, I pick up the flag and I go to put it back in the hole. And it's like not going in. It's like kind of fucking wonky. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe this cup is fucked up. Right. You know, like the flag's not going in perfectly. I'm like, I'm like, this, this is fucked up. And then I go and I look down at the cup. Sure enough, my ball is fucking in there and I was fucking ecstatic. I let out this huge yell. No one fucking around. I think there was a group like two holes in front of me. They definitely heard me roar, but like, dude, like it was like one of those moments where it's like, I was so happy, but then like five minutes later, I was just like, well, fuck, like, no one, no one saw it, <laughs> like, it's the, it's the worst, dude, it's it just, it sucks, but, I mean, because yeah, even I, calling I, people, probably, like, on your way home, or whatever, like, you couldn't, like, I don't know, oh, it's like, dude, it I was in golf school at the time, I was telling all my boys, oh, yeah, fucking sure, sure, <laughs> I, I tell the story right now, you guys listen to this podcast, oh, yeah, fucking sure, fucking sure, everyone's saying it right now, right yeah. now, as they listen, it's, it's, it sucks, so, but nevertheless, I mean, I would much rather have that ace. But if I ever get a hole in one and no one's watching me, I am going to be so fucking pissed off. Dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to say that that's going to happen to me. Like, I, I hopefully it does because I definitely want to get an ace. Um, I've had like two or three like near misses and one yeah. was like an inch. And I, it's going to happen one day. I just I, I hope it's not by myself, though. That would suck. With that, we'll move to our out-of-bounds segment. Four! We mentioned earlier about uh, match play being a major, and that was kind of sparked up by a friend of ours tweet. Uh, Paige Ferranic tweeted that um, one of the majors should be in match play format. That mm. created quite a buzz on the uh, social media realm. Uh, first, first, let me get let me get your thoughts there, and then I'll dive in with what kind of happened with me last night. I mean, listen... I like I love Paige, and I'm not even gonna make this about Paige, but match play's awesome. I love it. I think it brings out like this competitive nature in these players that we don't get to see um, as much because it's like one on one. They're locked in on their opponent. Uh, they play the the game differently during match play. So when there are big names at the top of the leaderboard or it's Ryder Cup, I fucking love it. I think it's amazing. Today. I was not interested in it really at all. Um, none of the players really got me too excited. To have it be a major, hard pass. Like, hard pass. I, I think this this event is great. I think it could be even done a little differently. I think maybe there's another event out there that maybe could have something like this. Would be cool. Ryder Cup, all day. President's Cup, all day. I love that. But to make it a major, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you you're going to reinvent one of the current majors that we already have that we already like look forward to all year? Like even the PGA Championship, which is like the least of my favorite majors, is still awesome to look forward to. Like I, I, right. when it's PGA Championship week, like I'm super stoked. So yeah, which one are you going to do it at? Like why? Like and why would you even mess with something that already works? Yeah, I mean, maybe she was alluding to adding a fifth, but if you were going to add a fifth major, I mean, the players has to come first, in my opinion. Yeah. But, 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that you take an existing major and make it match play. I mean, that would be ridiculous. And that would, you know, kind of ruin the history of the game. And, um, but yeah, I mean, if you were to add one as match play, I, I totally disagree as well. I don't think match play fits in a major setting. I think it fits perfectly in what we have right now, Ryder Club, Ryder Cup or President's Cup, things like that. So, um, but anyways, to dive into what happened well, real uh, quick, do you think that she believes that? Or do you think it was just one of those, like, takes that people do to, like, make... Like, here's the deal. I'll one of, one a, of those sporadic, sporadic tweets? Sporadic, yeah, I mean, like, I post stuff sometimes where I'm like, I want to get a bunch of comments. I want to get my page moving. So I'm yeah. going to post something that maybe I don't believe in, but it's going to get some people's takes. Usually I'll do that, though, asking a question, not a statement. Like, do you think she really believes that? Or do you think she's just like, you know what? This is controversial. It's going to go all over the internet, which it did. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me it's to not, like know where she it's stands. Not, it's not the first time she's ever posted anything that was controversial. She knows what she's doing. She's been in this game for a long time and she's at the place she is because she knows what the fuck she's doing. So, um, you know, for her to you know, go out on a limb and put something out there that she knows will like definitely knows it's going to be controversial. She's got to be willing to take the heat on that though, too. And she sure. caught a lot of it. She's, she caught a lot, of, a lot of heat. And, and um, you know, I, I, maybe she does firmly believe that. And and I'm sure that there's a couple of people out there, a small percentage that, that agreed with it as well. But I think the vast majority of us, the, the, the true core golfer doesn't think that that's going to work, but Anyways, she, she, she puts this tweet out. She catches a lot of heat, right, as, as she does and as she has in the past. And so last night, you know, went on a little dinner date, um, you know, got a, got a couple of beverages in me. And, went to uh, Red Lobster. Red Lobster, yep. Yeah, took advantage of those biscuits and um, had a couple high noons when I got home. So I was feeling, you know, I was feeling a little good. I was playing a little Xbox with the boys. I hop off. I look on my phone, and then I just see this page, sporadic tweet just going everywhere. So I comment back, I think it was on like Zyre Golf's page or something like that. And I, I, I comment her, her tweet was, um, man, I got to find it because I want to, I want to phrase this correctly. Um, let me look, give me one sec. Here it is here. It says one major should be match play. That was her tweet. And then I commented back one match should be major play which was totally stupid, but it's my type of humor. Like it, it, it's, it's funny to me. One match should be major play, but it, but it was super dumb. And then I commented back to myself and I, I wrote just as good of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really dumb comment, but I followed it up with the kick, which was, it's just as good of an idea, thus making her idea really not valid and kind of yeah. Ignorant. So, so anyways, you know, I wasn't getting likes on the comment until I added that one back and then it kind of took off a little bit. And then, uh, her husband, um, or then, then she, she, she actually replied to all the comments and all the heat she was getting. And she said, and y'all wonder why I only post with my tits out. I have to take, I have to with takes this bad. So that I really didn't think was you know tasteful for her like she she doesn't have to say that you know so I fired at her I wrote lol come on page you know like 
I just didn't think it was in good taste, you know? So yeah. I gave her, gave, gave her a little heat, but we're friends. Like I love Paige. She's great. Steve, great guy. Her husband, amazing. Mm-hmm. So her husband replies back to me and he was like, dude, you literally wrote like a condescending comment and then like, you know, backtracked or whatever. And so there, there was just a little bit of like, a little bit of bad blood going on, a little bit of negative energy and it, and it kind of sucked. And then he DM'd me and we talked it out and everything was fine. You know, I, I told him like, look, dude, Paige is great. I support her fully. You know, we're all friends. You know, that's what I said. We're all friends here, you know, but you know, obviously you guys, you guys virtually blood. hugged it out. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we made it, we, we made things right. You know, I told him and her that, you know, they're great for this game and they've done so much for this game and I don't want them to think anything less of me. So I, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't my finest moment. So, you know, I'll have to take my medicine on that one, but you know, but at the end of the day, I don't want to, you know, what's it worth if you're going to be friends with somebody or, or in the same space with somebody, if we can't fire back and forth at each other, you know, not, not with just like, you know, we're not going at each other's throats, but I think you got to be able to express your opinion. And she very vocally expresses hers. So I kind yeah. of express mine. Yeah, I mean, I think that she should definitely be able to to take the heat a little bit. And, you know, I've seen her obviously take a lot of heat from LPGA players and PGA Tour pros and just all of the keyboard warriors that are out there and stuff like that. But, listen, you're going to put a take out there like that, you're going to get the good, bad, and the ugly, you know? And it is what it is. But I just think yeah. that was not a good take. I mean, are you entitled to your opinion? Yes. Or freedom of speech, am I a fan? A hundred percent. I think we need more of that, obviously, right now. Um, than we're getting but at the end of the day like this is just not a good take i mean i think the majors are set i don't think we want to add any more majors um i don't think that's really where the golf historians really want to see this thing going but at the end of the day um you know she has her opinion i guess but listen i'm all in we got the first major of the year coming up here uh week after next at augusta i'm super stoked and then we're gonna get right back into the heat of the season and we're going to be able to see, you know, if we crown any new major champions or if we have any any repeat players out there. And I'm happy with the way it is. You got the Olympics with their own format. You've got the Ryder Cup coming back this year because of the the layoff last year uh, due to COVID. Um, so, I, dude, I'm happy with the way things are. If you want to throw another Dell match play type of event somewhere, I think that's great. I think it's a little like long. I think it's a lot of golf. I think it's kind of harder to follow. Um, it is. Maybe it's less players that, you know, that get in the mix. I, I don't know how you do it, but it just seems like – and then what sucks is, like, you've got the final few players playing on Sunday, and if they aren't big names, I bet viewership was really low this week. I'd love to see those numbers. I would have to say that viewership was probably the worst it's been all season. I mean, I, I just didn't have a whole lot of interest to yeah. get into it, you know? Yeah, I mean, both tournaments, you know, the – the one down in Pentacana and this one, I mean, it's tough, man. I, I mean, personally, I love watching golf. I gotta tell you, I've just looked at highlights. I tuned into the radio every now and then, but didn't watch really any live golf. So, I mean, you do have to have those big names. And when, when, unfortunately those guys aren't making it through, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna cut in, but you know, that's gotta be accepted, but major seasons coming up and, you know, the viewership's going to be extremely high, I think. And it's good that we have some fans coming back. It's good the game's getting back to kind of where it was before. We were going so strong prior to COVID. So, um, yeah, man, looking forward to it. 
So major season starts week after next. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, like put some long and hard thought into who you think is going to win the Masters. We did this last year and it was kind of fun. <clears throat> so why don't we do it again just to throw out who we think are going to win, who's going to win each major. Because right now it's a little bit easier than it would, was last year because we had this huge layoff with COVID and it felt like everyone coming back into the season was kind of, you know, on the same level. But right now you have players who are playing really good. Some guys are really struggling. So we'll come back and we'll give our major predictions for the whole year, including obviously Augusta coming up. And we'll go from there. And maybe that's where we throw that hundred bucks back into the, the ring here and see what we can pull out. So I like it. I like it. All right. Well, we've got our first guest on the pod for the second season. We've got Dale, who is the pork missile um, connoisseur and Raider and everything pork missiles. He's going to be joining us at the 19th hole. He's Abraham answers caddy all around, just legendary caddy on the bag. So super stoked. Let's go meet up with Dale and see what he has to say. All right, y'all, we're super excited to have our first guest of season two, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Dale Valelli, known as Abraham Answers Caddy, but also known as the turn dog, the pork missile connoisseur, <laughs> all, all, all things hot dogs, all things golf, all things smoking rods on the course, all things just being the best version of yourself that you could possibly be on the golf course. That's what Dale Valelli is, and we're stoked to have you here, man. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. I was I was looking forward to it after you guys uh, asked me. Didn't expect yeah. this. Definitely, yeah, well, man, dude. I, you're I, the you're the hot man on Instagram right now. You're the hot man on the bag. Like it's just everyone has eyes on you right now. Uh, yeah. Drop the, yeah. Drop the hottest line of merch. There is no demand in the golf industry. So, I mean, we uh, love it. Yeah. Well, it's really it's really catering to the males. Not not too many females, to be honest. But that's okay. <laughs> That's hey, okay. I mean, no, as, no as you grow, so will your demographic, brother. I think I think you're going to reach audiences you never thought you would. But, you know, we, we're excited to have you on the show, man. Uh, you know, we, we do see everything you're doing on social media, and you're killing it. You know, I've had the pleasure of meeting you at a couple of these tournaments, and uh, I just always enjoyed your company, and you're super welcoming, and you and Abe are, are just great people, and I think you, you guys are doing great stuff for the game. But, you know, outside of everything we see on social media, I thought we'd take a few to kind of get to get to know Dale, get to know who you are, where you're from, you know, so give us give us a quick bio, you know, where you're from, background before golf, things like that. All right, well, I, uh, I'm from a little place called Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is in southeastern Alberta, about 45 minutes north of Montana. Two and a half hours is our closest big city to Calgary. That's where I've flown out of all my years. But uh, I don't know. I started playing golf when I was really, really, really young, like five, five, six years old. And I would, I would ride my bike to the golf course every day shortly after that. And I would play three, 400 rounds a year, play, tried to play three, four times a day. Kind of led into being the best junior in the city, best junior in, in my province, then led to, you know, best junior in Canada. Tried to think about going to school kind of wasn't my route so i decided to turn pro i used that kevin na route where he's like oh yeah i'll be better in four years if i went and played pro than i if i went to school well that kind of went the opposite for me <laughs> i took five years and i never really never really moved past the canadian tour i played five years on the canadian tour had one good year uh and then from then i just got asked to caddy one day for a player that was better on that tour caddy forum kind of was like oh this i like this it's a little bit less a little bit less responsibility i was thinking at the time 
but uh, it turned out to be the same amount of responsibility or even more. But uh, I then kind of just because of who I played with back in the Canadian Tour days before it was PJ Tour Canada and all that, I used to play with like Brennan Steele, James Hahn, Rob Oppenheim, you know, Dustin Risden, a bunch of guys that were, I mean, that there's a bunch, Graham Dillette, there's a bunch of guys that are out there still and still winning. And uh, just because of that, and I met them and because of that, that's how I started caddying. Started caddying for Dustin Risden about 11 years ago. Worked for a Chilean guy after that. Some guys that maybe people would know. I worked for Byron Smith. He's a California guy. I worked for him three separate times. That's who I actually quit golf to caddy for. Worked for Harold Varner for a quick six, seven months. Went to the tour with Harold also. Took a little break after that. Went home, played some golf again for myself. And then started working for Abraham. And that was five, six years ago. And started with him when he was way back you know, 800s in the world. He asked me to work for him in a bar. Gave me a couple of weeks. I was like, well, fuck yeah, I'll take it. I'm working on the web. Why wouldn't I be going to the PGA Tour? Let's, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So yeah. I took that route and, you know, from 800 to 20th. And obviously right now I'm not caddy and I'm, I'm at home stuck here working on visa stuff. But that's not to say that I'm not going to be back sooner than later. And just, yeah. just a little bump in the road. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you're quite the player you, you yourself this- though, man. So you've got a great... Like, I mean, your game, were you a scratch golfer still? Today? Yeah, yeah. I'm still a scratch golfer. I ended up taking, I took like six, seven years off. And as one of those guys, I was like, oh, you know what? I'll come back and it'll be, I'll come back with no bad habits. I was like, yeah, came back day one, same <laughs> shit, same shit. Same shit. Oh yeah, instantly. But I got, Abraham ended up hooking me up with a bunch of stuff. And we went and had a big golf trip in Ireland together. So I ended up getting brand new top from top to bottom, you know, mirror irons, all that, all his club companies. And I've been rocking the sickest set of clubs that I've ever owned since then, about a year and a half ago. And now I play four times a week and I, I, I'm a scratch. I shoot under par every once in a while. I, I tend to shoot a lot of two, three overs so. though. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. But I'm still happy to do that. Yeah, well, you've been in, you've been in the game for a while, bro. I, I, I didn't really realize that, you know, I, I've, we've we've all seen you around and i think it's really cool to see your history and dude that's 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 a career that's quite the career i'm glad to see you with abe i mean what's the relationship like between you guys i i the first time i really got a glimpse of the dale and abe combo was when my buddy aj Sherstrom, who travis and i uh went to bandon dunes with this year um he he shot like a little hype video of you guys where he uh you you he slid the driver to you is that what how it went yeah, he slid the driver to me. But what's funny was about that is he'd only ever do that when he was pissed, and he'd he'd walk away and he'd slide it to me. We had done that for like a year, and right. it just happened to be that that day that your buddy was cruising around and shot that, and it was first take. We didn't really; it was just f- shot it, threw it at me, and I swung jokingly, kind of thing, and obviously that took off. But uh, yeah, that always that had always been just kind of a yeah, here's my club, get it out of my hands thing instead of tossing it back to me. And then I remember the very first day I met you was on the putting green at Bay Hill and you came up and you're like, yeah, Coach Rusty, Coach Rusty. And I'm like, who's Coach Rusty? Who is this guy? I'm thinking to myself, who is this guy? He's like, yeah. And then I remember you recreated it and did the one on the putting yeah. green and spun it into the ball. And then I was like, from then on, obviously we've been buddies since I met you some other times, but I do remember that first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had to come up to you guys. Cause when I saw you, when I saw that sliding thing, I was like, dude, that's so sick. Like it shows, you know, some creativity and personality between the uh, player yeah. and the caddy. And then I saw the trick shot opportunity. Of course, you know, being, being a social media guy, I had to take advantage, but 
um it was definitely a cool way for me to get in with some guys on tour and be like hey guys like dude i I made a meme out of it it's like the wife (laughs) handing off the baby at uh right when he gets off of work like here you go honey (laughs) your memes i we haven't talked personally but damn do you make me laugh bro like seriously you do an amazing job just Thanks, so you man. know, both of you guys do, but when you created that and started that, I mean, God, I absolutely, I look forward to reading them. Except yeah, the ones about funny, Abe, settle down on him. Settle oh, down. settle down, dude. I love Come Abe. On. <laughs> the only, the, the problem only Abe, with Abe, there's not much to say about it. Yeah, there's nothing bad to say about Abe. The only Abe memes that I've ever made were obviously when he was like, I want to play Tiger. And it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, well, like he just wrote the, the memes for me that week. And then, you know, it is what it is. I mean, but I, dude, I'll say it. To you, I mean, I, I honestly, when he said that, I'm like, why wouldn't you say that? It's the, you know, that's it's, exactly how it was meant. It was in a Spanish. It was in a Spanish. I'm not <laughs> going to speak for Abe, obviously, but it was in a Spanish interview. And the guy asked him, not in context of English to Spanish, obviously, I don't speak it or whatever, but it was, hey, who would you like to play? I mean, my childhood hero is is Tiger. Why wouldn't I want to go play Tiger? That would be, yeah. you know, and they can take shit out of context so quick and so fast, and it doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah. And that's how, of that course. Works. But yeah, that's no, fine. You know what? Maybe that's why we got to play him. <laughs> so yeah, no, absolutely. That, that could be his very last singles match of all time. Now, unfortunately, what has happened to him with that car accident and everything? Who knows if he plays another Ryder Cup or Presidents Cup match? So. It, you know that we might have ended up playing the last singles match ever against tiger which is pretty cool unfortunately yeah no i I never thought about that way but that's i mean i think the same way like honestly why wouldn't you want to play tiger win or lose i mean it's like you're playing the greatest of all time in a match at president's cup like hell yeah bring him on you know let's do it so yeah absolutely and he he was playing yeah i mean you guys he was playing you guys both were playing great that week it was just you know fun to see so yeah no i agree with you and and the and Tiger really legitimately was playing unbelievable that week. And as everyone that, you know, is going there generally is playing pretty damn good, but Tiger had a lot on his plate doing being the captain and the player. And, you know, he wanted to come out and whip Abe's ass, I guess. And, and that's ended up what happened. Sorry, Abe, but Abe played, yeah. Abe played really well, played very well. And I couldn't have been more proud of the guy in any setting if, with anyone ever. He had, honestly was I mean, I couldn't have went to battle with against Tiger with a better person than Abe, and that's that's the god honest truth. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. The, the one thing you, you guys still have to continue to live down and probably will for the next 10 years on social media is someone made that edit of Tiger hitting that putt and then shaking Abe's hand before the putt drops in. Have you seen, seen that? <laughs> you probably made that edit, didn't you? You did that. I didn't. I posted it. I wish I could take credit for it, but that is probably one of the best edits of all time. I mean, <laughs> it's so good. People think it's and real, it, which is the worst it, part. It yeah, seems yeah. like it gets. It seems like the putt. It seems like the hat. The hat comes off quicker and quicker every time I see it. It started at like seemed like it started because at the time when he hit the putt in person, when I watched it, it felt like he took the hat off really quick. And if you really slow it down, it's only like a foot and a half or something. But. Yeah. Uh, it ends up feeling like it gets longer and longer and longer. And then it's like, yeah, that's going to last for a long time. Cause it is good, obviously. Yeah. Well, dude, the one thing I love about you the most is just like, you just seem like you're yourself no matter where you are. And like, that's the one thing that I like treasure most in people is, you know, I, I'm a business guy. I've been doing a job. I'm like an executive at a company for a long time. And like, you have to be a chameleon sometimes and you have to be someone who you're not with different crowds. Like, what I see with you is what we get. Like you're just who you are, no matter who you're around. And I just like, it just, you can see it on TV. You can see it on social media and that's gotta be great. Like, I mean, you've got to have like, 
you got to be one of the most likable guys out there every week with the, with the caddies mean, and the players. I mean, that's just you look like just a complete stud out there, just like being who you are. You don't give a shit. I appreciate that. I mean, I hear opposite sometimes too. Like I don't give a shit, but you know, a long time ago, my dad passed away when he was 40 and he, and he was my best buddy. I hung out with him. He was sick for a couple of years and he always told me, I mean, my dad was six foot two, 320 pounds, wore socks with sandals, untucked, uh, Hawaiian shirts and had a big long mullet and smoked cigars and he was the nicest man on the planet and he always told me just be yourself no matter what always be yourself and you know what I've taken that and lived with it all the way and you know lived with it and went out there and it's you know what if I couldn't have worked for a better guy though in this like for these past five or six years because Abraham had let me and lets me literally be me and you know when you guys watch abraham on tv and you know even when him and i are going back and forth or whatever abe's a super serious guy like you don't see abe's not smiling too much abe takes his business his business is it's like yeah we're here to, we're here to beat these you know we're here to yeah, yeah. Fight. Yeah. and uh i kind of bring the light-hearted side to side to it and I guess, you know, two people, two opposite people did match in this instance, but you got to be yourself. I mean, you got to have fun. I mean, my dad died when he was 40, so that's too young. I mean, if you can live with that, it's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. live now. And so right. that's yeah. kind of how that, that is. That's, that's kind of why. But. Oh, that's yeah, great. I mean, listen, I think, him being serious like that needs a, a – I think you guys complement each other very well. I mean, exactly. at the end of the day, like, you need to have that out there to, to cool down a little bit. You being too serious out there, you be too tight and – it's not going to be good. It's probably more detrimental for some of the players. Yeah, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fit with a lot of players either. I mean, even though I'm buddies with a lot of them, and you know, we've got different relationships, and other people have, and whatever. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to work for, you know, a bunch of guys. I couldn't. I'm not going to off the top of my head think of names right now. I could think Webb Simpson. I probably wouldn't work for Webb Simpson. You know, I probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't work for Tiger. Probably wouldn't work for Phil. You know, there's a bunch of guys that I probably wouldn't work for, but yeah. you can still be buddies with them. And, and, and when you're off the golf course, it's the same on the golf course, but when you're off the golf course, have a beer with the guy, you know, talk bullshit and watch some sports or whatever. But yeah, be yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Amen. I mean, you're making those memes being yourself, aren't you? Absolutely, man. I mean, that's why it blew <laughs> up. It's like, I saw a lot of pages out there, like just doing the normal stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to be myself and like, Whatever comes to my mind that I think is funny, I'm going to do. And there's a little bit of a wow factor on some of them, of course. And yeah. that's where you get people who are like, holy shit, no one else is doing that or willing to do that. Like, I like it, you know. And golf it. is like pretentious and stuffy or it's perceived to be. For me, like in my world of golf, most people are degenerate gamblers. They like to drink. They like to smoke. They just like to have fun, uh, bullshit with their buddies. And so, like, for me, like, everything that I'm trying to do is is pretty much what I see in golf. But obviously, you get, like, the country club stuff, and you get to, oh, like, yeah. the, the tours and stuff. It gets a little more serious, a little more buttoned up, Webb Simpson type of guys, right? And, like, you know, it, I, I have a lot of people I turn off as well, right? Like, I get people who like my page, and then they unfollow me quickly because they're like, whoa, I didn't sign up. Does, smi does Smiley <laughs> like your page? He doesn't. Smiley just played with Ryan a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he likes me very much. <laughs> I just bugging you. Hey, I just bugging you. I just bugging you. Oh, that's yeah, funny. I, I played with Smiley a long time. Yeah, yeah and he, he he didn't have prior prior to us playing. I got some stories from my buddy. Do you know? I don't know if you know Louis Gagne, Gagne. I don't know if you know him or not. He just won the McKenzie Tour Q School, but he's good buddies with Smiley as well. Played at LSU, and um, you know, I. I 
before we played, he's like, yo, just don't bring up PJ memes. Like it's a, it's a touchy yeah. subject, <laughs> you know? So I, I wanted to really badly, but yeah, I, I, I let it go. I let it go. That is what That's it is. Funny. That is, that is funny though. It is what it is. I mean, dude, I've, when I, when I've been out like inside the ropes, like in practice rounds or just even like at tournaments, um, following around, I noticed there's a lot of caddies that smoke. I mean, a lot of caddies that smoke, but you like, you'll, you'll smoke on camera. Like you don't give a shit. Like I'm smoking here. Like so good. I've noticed some of them like kind of try to hide it a little bit. Is that like I at mean, the player's request or are they just trying to keep their, their image clean or something? Like what's the deal with well, that? Well, basically the only person that can't tell you to smoke is your boss. That's the only person at the end of the day that can tell you. I mean, the PGA Tour, when they go there, even if you go to a, and that's web.com, any event, or sorry, Corn Ferry, any of those events, when they go there, they own the course for the week. You can go to courses sometimes that are tobacco free. You know, Ohio State, I know, is one of them. Uh, Melbourne at the time, even for the President's Cup, was a tobacco free zone. Uh, there's certain ones, but at the end of the day, the only guy that can tell you, and you know, I believe it or not, I try sometimes to, to hide it and it just seems like, you know, someone's taking a picture or, you know, it just happens when I forget, like when he's in contention and I'm walking down 18 at Harbor town or, you know, a couple years ago, another one, and I'm getting all these pictures and I'm like, I don't even realize the cigarette butt is in my mouth. I'm just talking with it. I'm just like trying to do my job and it just ends up being there and I don't want to throw it on the ground. So I keep it, you know, yeah. just whatever. But, uh, I, uh, there's a lot of caddies that smoke, but they don't smoke on the golf course also. Maybe sometimes in practice rounds, but when tournament okay. time comes, or even guys that they play with for, or caddy for, they just don't even smoke around them. So Abe's, Abe's I guess, old school. He doesn't mind it. I, I, I'm i one of the only guys at single straps still probably and smoke cigarettes. And Abe's all for it. So it's, yeah. it's kind of created it, us a it little It brings bit back too. that, like, golf classic type. I mean, you see all those pictures of, like, Arnie and like Jack and those guys with cigarettes yeah. and stuff. And it's just like you, you bringing back like those golf classic images and stuff. They need to, we need to like edit those images of you and Abe or something on the course. To kind of bring I think back you need to make a, filter. you need to make like a meme of like uh, Arnold Palmer with a cigarette in his mouth and like a little quote box next to him. And it says in 2021, we're going to have flying cars. And then it's, it, <laughs> and then it's Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Or do the one, or do the one where you go over it and you change their face slowly. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Evolution. I actually did that of your boy. I did Stephen Ames. I do. Re I remember and that went one. Steven, Steven, and then Abe. <laughs> I do remember that one. That's so good. Man, Abe's yeah. been super close to getting that uh, elusive win on tour. I mean, what do you think it's going to take to get him over the hump? I mean, just keep grinding and keep going. I mean, he seems like every week, like he's a hot pick, like he's going to win. He's going to win. He is, man. He's got he's, his game is, you know, just when, when guys even look at statistics and they're like, oh, Abe's going to be good here. Abe's going to be good here. Well, you know, no one would have thought Abe would be good at Augusta in November playing, you know, hitting five woods into par fours. And, you know, Abe's game is it suits all golf courses. But Abe, if the if the greens are really, 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 really fast, put Abe up there. He's better on when greens are firm and fast, faster and firmer and more slope out of control, pick Abe. But, you know, they think that he's good on these, you know, the, the Harbor town, the, you know, the 
Hartford, the colonial, there's, you know, little dog legs and short holes where you go, blah, 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 blah. I mean, Abe's good on all the long courses too. He hits it straight. He hits his irons great. He's got a phenomenal short game. When he gets his putting go- get going, it's second to none. You yeah. know, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be with him this year at Augusta. It's going to be completely different, uh, completely different uh, conditions and speed and just everything. And, and he was obviously not ever going to see it, but have seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to, I won't be I won't be surprised for one minute if he's if he's right there again on Sunday. Absolutely. He he could win. You know what? He might even win a major before he wins a regular one. He's playing his home golf course this week that he grew up like this is his home course at the Valero. You know, yeah. it's not as strong field. He should rip it up there. And then he's got Harbortown right after that, which he finished solo second last year. He's got a nice stretch here of a lot of good memories, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if he knocked one off in the next three. Yeah, yeah, I like um, that you put it as put it that he might win a major before he wins his first tour event. I I really look at him and and he has the whole aura of a major champion. You know, I've gotten to meet him, and then when I saw you guys at the U.S. Open, you know, it was just he was so locked in, and when he wasn't hitting it right, he was on the range and he was dialed. And I was I, I had to take a step back, and I was like, hey, like let this guy work, and and he just has that energy to him. So. I definitely see a ton of wins in the future. I definitely see major wins for him, and hopefully, you guys have a have a solid career together. Yeah, yeah I mean, the dude's true. just the dude's a hard worker. I mean, like I see uh, Danny O's posts all the time, like behind the scenes practice rounds or some of the stuff that he's gone out with with Abe playing, and you just see like even a regular practice round, the guy's just like super serious, takes his craft, you know, like very serious out on the course. So I mean. Hopefully he just breaks through soon because I feel like once he does, he's just going to get a bunch of wins. Like, I just feel like it's just right there. And then Tony Finau is kind of like that same, right, where, like, he just can't quite get over the hump. But when he does, I feel like he's going to get, like, five or six wins, string him out. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how it's going to go. And, you know, it, it could be one where, you know, he's been playing good all week. You know, that's where lots of the times he's been playing good and been up there and obviously just hasn't won for whatever reason. I mean, he shot a bogey-free 65 on Sunday at Harbortown in the final group and lost because what's-his-name made all those putts on the back nine. And, you know, it might, be a, it might be a thing where, you know, he starts six back on Sunday and, and ends up, he starts three hours before the leaders even tee it. He shoots a nine under in one of those rounds where you just don't even think. You're just going out there finishing your week off and all of a sudden you get hot early and roll and, you know, the conditions something turns in the afternoon and you end up winning without even going into a playoff. Yeah. And they might win that way. And, you know, obviously everyone puts a lot of pressure on themselves. And the more times you get there, the more times you've, you've learned because you've already been there. And, you know, you keep using all that stuff, all those times where you felt like shit afterwards and you're like, man, you know, you wanted to punch something or whatever. Well, the next time you get there, that will help you. If you got a good brain, all those little times that you got beaten down the next time you get there, you want to beat them down and make them feel like that. Yeah. You know, you can only take so much. So only take so much means you're going to make it, you're going to pop one off before because you don't want to, you don't want to continue that. Yeah. yeah so when are you going to get, when do you anticipate being back on his bag? I mean, how, like obviously you can't control the situation, but how long do you think or anticipate waiting to get back on? Well, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a couple months for sure. I it was I kind of I I overstayed a visa by accident, which was uh, the first time I've said this out loud. But with I overstayed a visa, went back to Saudi, came back, and I overstayed a visa by a couple of weeks. And I it's a long, stupid bullshit story about me sending my passport in earlier in the year. That's why I was trying to get it to go to Mexico and all this stuff. And so I overstayed it. So I have to get a waiver. 
to to overturn it which that's happens that's fine i'll get it i just now just need to deal with it with paperwork and whatnot but it's gonna be a yeah. couple months for sure i mean but it sucks okay. in general for that to happen but to fucking miss the masters like it's got to really stay i'm missing i'm missing everything i mean we just went players or wgc or wgc players wgc his home course the masters harbor town like all my favorite ones all in a row i know he's gonna play good the match play was one of my favorite events i only got to do it once because last year it wasn't around i mean and then you know what ultimately my favorite thing to do i've only ever been in golf of my whole entire life since day one and caddying ended up being my favorite thing not even it wasn't even golfing i started to hate golf that's why i started caddying so now i'm getting taken away for a little bit the caddy side of it my favorite part of golf but i mean it was a long time i was working down there and i could have never really had issues for you know 10 plus years yeah and uh you know caddies have had that happen players have had it happen it's just just need to take care of it and i'll take care of it and i'll be back yeah. All right. Well, so as a guy that's that's been in the game for so long, right? All you all you've known is golf. You already kind of touched on it with with uh, your favorite loop, maybe being match play. But do you do you have like a, a top top loop and a top course to play? Are those different or are those the same? You know, my favorite course on tour probably was or is is Harbor Town. I mean, take away the Masters, I had never been there. Obviously, the Masters. But if you just the the same rotation. I loved Harbor Town. I went to, I actually went to the golf school there. My final year of high school and did that golf school that was out at Sea Pines Resort and Harbor Town and whatever. And so I kind of got a, a loving of that place. And I had worked on, I played it in another year with someone I can't remember. And then we skipped the year, didn't go. And I kept telling Abe, I'm like, dude, this is where you're going to win. This is where you're going to win. This is my favorite place. This is where you're going to win. And then we went there and we missed the cut the first year. We kind of walked in. He's like, I don't really like that place, dude. It's really dense, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, dude, let's go back. And we went back this year and he finished seconds and set all those records for greens and reg and by like oh, eight over. You yeah, know, he played lights but, out, man. Lights out. Unbelievable. So. I don't know I love that place and you know favorite loop is as in like for who I've caddied for is are you considering loop as like walk around no, golf I was just saying, you know your course. favorite your favorite course of caddy and then and then you know what you know you've played probably more courses than most people ever will get to I mean you know where are some of your favorite places to tee it oh I'll tell you a funny story that happened last year this is a great story it. actually so I've asked Dave to play I I started playing a lot of golf. So I was like, yeah, you know, and he always talked about Peachtree in Atlanta because he played it years ago, years and years ago. He always talked about Peachtree. And that was Bobby Jones designed the other one in Peachtree or in Atlanta and not Augusta. It was, you know, that's where he lived or whatever from what whatever you read. And so this was, this is like exactly like Augusta. And I kept asking about it, asking about it. And so this year during the Tour Championship, Rory's caddy, Harry had set up around for the two of us on the Wednesday before the tour championship. And I'm like, Abe, I'm like, dude, I have an opportunity to play Peachtree. And he goes, when? And I'm like, Wednesday at like 1230. He's like, you fucking kidding me? Wednesday at 1230? Why are you even asking? (laughs) And I'm like, dude, one time, one time. And he goes, if it wasn't Peachtree, I'd never let you go. We'll go out at 7, 630 a.m. And we went out and we practiced till 12, 15, rolled up to Peachtree. Harry's out there, roll up, we play with the pro and whatever. 
And of all courses I've never looked or more looked forward to to playing, we get there and I get told that they punched the greens at oh. five o'clock the night before. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> Not even kidding you, man. The night before, and that's at the course. It's like Augusta, but Augusta's sister, I guess, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. It's like all the yeah. holes go the other way. It's all oh, it's just the most beautiful place ever. And they punch the greens at five PM the night before. <laughs> so Went did they let, did you eight. play like temp were they temporary greens that they had ready for you the next day or were they no, actually No, they were just they were just the water law or just the water sponge with the little spike little holes in them. But <clears> you know, they slowed them down from probably twelve, thirteen down to eight. Yeah. So like yeah. nothing was the same. So he's like, that's, ah, that's what you get. That's what you get for wanting to go play golf. And I was like, Yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah, that's, I'm looking I mean, at I pictures of it right now. Uh, I had the same thing. It wasn't anything like Peachtree, but uh, the first time I've played TPC Harding Park a few times, but the first time I ever played there, I had brought some friends and was like, hey, I got us a tea time at Harding Park, yada, yada. I booked it over the phone. No one said anything to me. When we showed up to the course. The starter didn't say anything to me. The pro shop didn't say anything to me. We hit our first tee shot. We go to our ball and the flag, look. it just looks odd. We're like, what the hell? And I didn't have a rangefinder or anything like that, but it just looks like shorter. It looks weird. I'm like, are these temporary greens? Like, what the hell yeah. is this all about? And we we yeah. we hit into it, and of course, it was just a temporary green, like ten yards off the green, and it was like a they wanted you to like do a guaranteed two putt type of deal because it's not going to roll like a normal green. Yeah, yeah. Do they charge you the same price? I think it was like twenty bucks off, and but we went in and complained in the clubhouse after nine because I mean. It was still beautiful. I like that walk. I think Harding Park's a great walk, but oh, amazing! It just, yeah, it was like unbearable to play, like because you just. I mean, here's the deal. It was good for me for muscles because I'm guaranteed to three putt a few times. Yeah. So like having the guaranteed two putt in there like helped out a lot, but it was like for the money we paid and like the experience we were anticipating it was a total buzzkill. Yeah, I know that feeling. That's kind of the same type of feeling, but not. I would never talk bad about Peachtree because this place is the best place ever, and I want to play it again. So if the guys listen out there, like for sure, I love Peachtree. <laughs> how are the uh, we all how, Peachtree? How are the hot dogs at Peachtree? Did you get the one? The dogs were good. That's when the dogs were really starting to flow. And the guy had one. <laughs> they have this sweet ass place up on the ninth green, up above the tenth, looking down everywhere, and you sit out there and eat a dog. They have one ready for me. It was amazing. That's awesome. We, we, well, we got to get into about that. The dogs. Yeah, like, yeah, let's get sure. into the dogs. Like before well, I mean, we before we dive into like, you know, best dogs, where you know, where where to get them, what to look like like what makes a turn dog a good turn dog? Like what what are the key things we're looking for here? Well, I don't want to give out my secrets, but I'll give you a couple. As long as as long as the hot dog is perfect bun to dog ratio, it's cooked good, it has some flavor. You know, condiments are basically, everyone's like, oh, why do you not use condiments? You don't use condiments. Well, condiments are, they mask the dog. I mean, it's, we're not <clears throat> we're not eating a, a onion-filled relish mustard bacon chili dog, whatever. I mean, we're eating a plain hot dog. You know, that's right. just, I mean, for whatever reason. I'm picky to begin with, but, you know, everyone does reviews. If you're doing a cheese, a Philly cheese steak, well, you're reviewing a multiple things. Yeah. So I like just a plain dog, see how it is. You know, some people cook them weird. Some people do some fancy ass shit that makes no re no points. I mean, I have no idea what people are thinking sometimes with these hot dogs. Yeah, but. no, I mean, I listen. I'm a big plain. I'm a plain eater. So like, when I eat a hot dog, I just put ketchup on it. That's it. Yeah, and I'll eat a chili dog. I'll have some chili and cheese on there sometimes. 
but I'm very plain, but it's funny. I'm glad that like you started doing this, like pushing it huge on Instagram because it's super simple. I mean, it's something that everyone's partaking in, whether it's at the ballpark or it's on the golf course, but it's like, it had to be done. I mean, everyone looks to see what like Portnoy has done with the pizza reviews and how that's blown up. He's got his own app around it and everything now and all that. And like, dude, like turn stations, you know, there's some key go-tos that people always stick to over and over and over again. And the hot dog always seems to be right there at the top, but you've had, I've had some very bad hot dogs in my day, like bad to where it's like, I'm going to go hit the shitter like three, four, three or four holes after I've eaten. Oh, that yeah. thing. Even one you hole. Know? Yeah. Even one hole. Yeah. Or the same hole. You'd go find a golf yeah, town and exactly. go into the bushes. Maybe while you're eating it. <laughs> exactly. I have to shit right now. Right now. <laughs> one bite in. And dude, yeah. that does happen. I mean, you see, so, like, I mean, if you guys are paying attention to my stories sometimes, I try to engage. I'm using, you know, for whatever people send in them, you know, go over it and try to see, you know, people are getting, trying to get very creative. If you guys are noticing people, are, you know, doing some things that there's, you know, I'm not going to put, I mean, I get so many with hot dogs that just are loaded with shit. And it's like, I'm not reviewing uh, loaded dogs. So I can't, even though some of the best ones I've got, some of the best, uh, some of the best reviews I've gotten, from guys are all with loaded super hot dogs I'm like fuck i can't do that like i mean i'm not reviewing that you see you see portnoy do you see him not doing putting something out there that's not a cheese pizza he's not gonna put a, a no, meat lovers you gotta stay on brand man you gotta be consistent you have to right yeah. i prefer mine yeah. with zero condiments as well i always go plain dog and you know i there, there's there's soggy ones out there you know the bun's all soggy it's been sitting under a heat lamp all day you get some that are freshly prepared uh right there in front of your eyes so 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 wh- give me give me like i don't want to go with your favorite i want like a top five like give, give give the people a good idea you know across the country where they can find these good turn dogs well, you're going to find decent ter- – you're going to find dogs, good dogs, if they're using the barbecue. If they're using the barbecue, they're going to be just fine, and, you know, as long as the bun is good. But if you're using these roller dogs and they're not ready and end up microwaving them for you and then they microwave it and then it's super hot and you're like, this thing tastes like shit. Why are they doing it like this? You know, it's all about the preparation of a 30-second thing, you know. But the, if you're getting barbecued dogs – that's that's got to be the staple it, it really has to be and that's kind of like the outdoor play the golf you know grab yourself a burger grab yourself a beer and, or a hot dog you know and walk away i don't like the roller dogs they just always taste like plastic to me no matter where they are no matter how good they're just you know, you know that's just for whatever reason that's how i see it i don't know but i'll tell you the best dog i've had it was at houston oaks in houston and uh, one of Abraham's sponsors, a friend of ours, took me out there. And as I know, it's not easy to get out there. But they have they have their – they make all their own food, everything. They have like a farm behind the golf course, and they make all their own stuff for the clubhouse. And I'm like, yeah, come on, right? <laughs> and that's how it that's was. That's unfair. Dog yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I can so, imagine. Farm to table turned Jeez, <laughs> i've never heard of anything like that so they really that. they make all their food fresh right there on property yeah they've yeah. got cows out back there they got a slaughterhouse <laughs> <laughs> their cow. food is all based from their farms look into it i'm telling you i didn't believe it they're baking uh, you should taste their bacon that's insane that's insane yeah well, actually that's, uh, yeah that's, those that's like billionaires nuts. bought it i don't remember what it was before do you remember the course it was called something else before 
It's only been years. No, I don't know, but I don't don't think I'd ever be able to get onto that course, unfortunately. So maybe one day. Just make a a good meme for them. (laughs) I will. I'll make them a meme about slaughtering a cow and serving your burger after your round. Memes are like like Bitcoin. It opposite like an internet Bitcoin for you. Yeah, you can start making NFTs out of them. Do you buy any meme yeah, stock yeah. during the uh, during your time off? Do you buy any of that meme stock from AMC or GameStop? No, I don't get into that. I bet yeah. on sports. I gamble enough. Yeah, I never do either. I bet on sports as well, and I lose every time. So I, yeah, me I, too. But I, but I keep coming back. I don't know why it is. So that's because everyone because everyone has an opinion. It's like, oh, that guy's wrong. This team's gonna win. Yeah, I'm watching yeah. right now. I would have, I actually, this is, I did a couple of brackets, but I never, this is the first year I stayed away from gambling on uh, the, the basketball tournament. I would have been getting smoked if I was betting. <laughs> like, well, good for you. Then. Just, you st- Let me ask you this. This is a question that just popped in my head. So now that sports betting has got into like the world of golf has it affected like the tour or the players at all or like is it just like the same no one gives a shit no one really gives a shit i don't see why they could i mean people even when you know when you're golfing even it's obviously such a different setting than other sports but when you're inside the ropes golfing at you know like playing through your round and you know going through you know the noises and all the stuff really no one even it's just playing golf. You just kind of, there's very few people that really interact that much really to begin with. Mm-hmm. So anything on this side is just whatever, but the, the PGA is super pro for uh, gambling. I, we've heard multiple things. I think, I mean, why would, why would PGA tour live and people will be talking about having every shot telecasted by every player. So you can watch every single player just play X amount like they did at the players, you know, yeah. stuff like that, but they're super, super pro for sports betting as some of the other sports are too but yeah no they I mean, are they very they're big time for it i mean i guess it's like it's hard for like a golf player like throw a, a round because you never know who's going to be in contention whatsoever but ever never you know those the matchups are what i like to bet i don't really like to put like hey abe's gonna win you know 400 to one chances or something like i don't like those types of bets it's just i mean like you can throw five bucks or 20 bucks on one of those things and good for you but i like when it's like Hey, Abe's playing Matt Kuchar, you know, who's going to win Thursday's round. I, I, for me, yeah, I yeah. like the instant gratification or instant disappointment. Like I want to know like that day, yes. am I winning or am I losing? You know? And then you yeah. follow all day on shot link and you're like, yeah. I'm like, fuck dude, come on. <laughs> no. What so crop that guy opening fairways, hitting the fairway, not hitting the fairway. Just there's like so us. many good oh, bets. I had heard, I had heard that there was going to get into uh like live betting on a hole where you could go up and make a bet on certain ones, like on 17 at Sawgrass, let's say it would be a hole where you could they'd have a thing where you could bet and people could make bets live, just hit the green inside a combined against each other. We've I've heard stuff like that. Dude. There's so dude, much that'd shit. Be sick. Can you imagine being like in a sky, like one of the skybox well, that's whatever, what I mean, yeah. at 17, just watch guys drop balls into 17 all day. Yeah. <laughs> or like at 16 at, uh, at, uh, at Phoenix or even, you know, one of the best ones would be the Honda Open, where you know that guys would be guys to hit in the water all fucking day, dude. Oh, all day. Absolutely, that well, course is a, that that course is tough, dude. So yeah. Well, so obviously the pork missile stuff's launched. You have a line of shirts. You have some hats. Uh, doing really well with that. I'm actually going to go buy a couple right now. I'm going to go buy some shirts and I'll buy a hat off of you because I want to support the cause. But 
Um, what inspired you to finally say, Hey, I'm going to start really doing this. I'm going to drop a line of merch. Uh, do you have bigger plans for this thing that you want to disclose now? Or do you want to kind of keep yeah, it? I've, got, I've honestly got some crazy, crazy stuff going on that no one would ever, you'd never in a million years would have believed, but I, uh, I was doing them. I was doing them a long time ago, just on my story, just as a joke. I was just doing it and whatever. And then a bunch of people. I mean, I only had five thousand followers. It's still not just growing slowly, but well, faster than expected. But anyways, he's like, "Yeah, do one of these. Do one of these." And I did a couple, and they kind of took off a little bit. And then when the smoking and all the masters and all the hot dog reviews and all that stuff kind of went afterwards, they you know they started getting fifty thousand views. And I'm like, "Wow!" I'm like, "This is yeah. crazy." Yeah. And. I had thought of using the word pork missile like months before that. And I just never used it. I was like kind of afraid to use it. And I was like, you know what? The next time I get a hot dog where the dog is fucking huge and the bun is really tiny and I see this thing, I'm just going to drop it. And then, you know, I subtly put it in there and I put it in there and it kind of obviously kind of took off from there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking about doing hats and thinking about doing this stuff. Cause I ended up actually copy or trademark in pork missile and, uh, and doing that stuff. And from that time and being on Instagram and all that stuff, well, I have a chance with a store here now, I'll know in the next month or two about getting into all the retail stores in, in, I'm not going to say the store in Canada for the certain brand. I've been <laughs> yeah. reached out about a guy that owns a beef and pork distribution company. And, uh, He's a board. He's on the board of a of someone that can get hot dogs into all the stores in Canada. So he wants to make a pork missile hot dog. So we're awesome. in talks of actually making Dude, a pork awesome. missile hot dog. That's and so, so cool. I, and this is all through Instagram. This is guys just calling or messaging. You know, you just like you guys know. You know, just going through those messages and filtering through them, and you know, you never know what what someone could send you. Oh, yeah. I started going through and engaging more. And because I've had more time on my hands since I haven't been caddying, I've kind of obviously just been, you know, pushing it and pushing it. And, you know, I've got some head covers coming out, alignment sticks, towels. I've got a bunch of shit I've got coming out. And, you know, however it does, however it does, it seems to be doing okay. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have, I could never have even imagined to have sold probably three, almost, I mean, I don't know. I'm actually not sure, but between 25 and 3,000 pieces maybe. Yeah, not like somewhere in that power of the internet, dude. I mean, that's yeah. honestly stay on brand and you know keep going with it. I mean, people just it'll keep following, is blowing up, and the more merch you get out there, people are gonna be wearing it and rocking it. Especially with more fans getting out there on tour, it, they'll probably rock yeah. it to the yeah. Definitely, so. I I can already see it now. And I mean, could you imagine golf courses start buying pork missiles to put in their turns? <laughs> I mean, dude, you it, could hey. you, you could corner the market. I mean, this yeah. this is it's, this is your it's time. Happening. It's happening. I've got golf courses buying them. I'm getting them into golf courses myself. I've got, I've got, I mean, you would, dude, it's people are, I don't know. People are crazy. You know, if you got, if you kind of know some people and you've been in the business, it seems to just help so much. It's like, yeah, you got this guy's thing, get this. And it just goes down the line and it's just crazy. Obviously being on tour with Abraham, and if I was wearing my pork missile hat on tour with Abraham, that would be fucking phenomenal. <laughs> but I'd probably switch back to this one or whatever. But uh, do you have to know. wear a certain hat when you're with Abe or no? Well, I did. He he paid me to wear the Fletcher Azul stuff for the last oh, couple okay. Of years. Okay. Yeah. So just to brand his. And, and I mean, I didn't. Even, I would have done it for him anyways. But you know, it's through Valspar and the caddy's got the program where they get paid. So he's, you know. I mean, he he treated me and treats me incredible. Treated treats. I mean, he's been excellent from day one, and uh, 
but that had expired. So when we were in Saudi Arabia, before I actually, that happens to be my last term, we were talking. He's like, dude, we don't even need to talk about this. Wear your own fucking hats. Like, seriously, you better wear your own hats. He, he kind of got me into Instagram. He told me. And so I've kind of been rolling with it. I, I wouldn't have ever even got Instagram if it wouldn't have been for Abe, to be honest. Yeah. And now you're at 30,000 followers. You're a celebrity. So, I mean, I think yeah. the celebrity level is 25. So you're, you're past that yep. mark. So, you know, what? I, I tried to get, I tried to, I looked into getting verified for the first time the other day. Yeah. And I sent it in and did the thing and they sent it back. Yeah. No. Cause I don't have a bio. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like well, a- you'll get, you'll get verified before me. They like hate me, dude. I've tried, I've been, I've applied like 20 times and they're like, fuck you. Nope. Really? Like, you're not verified either. I didn't even think of that. No, they, I think they used to like meme pages and would do it quick. Now they're kind of more uh, standoffish about it. So it will happen yeah. one day. But I'm, I mean, right it's now, not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. It's not. It's not at, at all. all. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it before me. Just brag to me when you Coach get it. Coach Rice, you know. have it, right? I do. I do. But it literally makes no difference. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. like I do. I, I do. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. All right, man. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, dude, when you get your visa stuff worked out, we'll have you in the States. We'd love to play around of golf with you. Maybe share a pork missile with you or something like that. Do a review in person. I uh, can't think of anything Absolutely. greater than that. So, uh, I need to learn yeah. some trick shots. I need to learn how to do some memes. Hey, and I'll show, you guys, and I'll show you guys how to eat a hot dog. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll all get to co- together and then and, and collectively bring all of our skills together and do a little collaboration. Maybe at Peachtree. Hopefully the greens won't be popped. Oh, maybe at Peachtree. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Don't threaten me. I would love to, you guys. I would love to. Yeah. All right, man. We'll take care, man. Get the visa situation worked out, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys.